excited again to share God's word with you today. We are continuing in our series of messages titled, A Hopeless End or an Endless Hope. And over the last few weeks, we've been focusing on how Jesus gives us hope in the storm. You know, sometimes storms in life can be fierce. They can be very sudden. And we can feel cornered by circumstance. Crises can come from nowhere and it can lead us to a very hopeless place in life. We can feel confused. We can feel anxious. We can feel fearful. And yet into those moments where we feel fearful, into those moments where we feel confused and, and, and cornered by anxiety and fear, Jesus comes. Jesus comes into the darkest moments of our lives to lead us on through, to lead us beyond the storm into that wonderful place of peace, that wonderful place of security, to fulfill everything that he has promised for our lives. You know, I'm often encouraged by the words of David when he was uh, encountering a terrific storm in his life. He was surrounded by raging circumstance, surrounded by crises trying to beset him from every angle, from every direction in life. And yet in the midst of all of the circumstances, in the midst of all of the crises, amidst all of the confusion and the fears that were around him and about him, he said, I cried to the Lord and he heard my prayer and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Do you know when you are cornered by circumstance, when you feel as if you are in the thick of the storm and you're powerless to contend with it, it's in those moments that we can cry to the Lord. It's in those moments that he will hear our prayer and answer us. And with his word, he will deliver us from every single fear. Look back on your life. As I look back on mine, and in hindsight, we will see that God has never once defaulted on his promise. He has, Jesus has never once defaulted on his faithfulness. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's always brought you through the storm. He's always taken you beyond the circumstance, beyond the besetting crises of life. Encourage yourself today. You've weathered many storms, but believer. You've weathered many dark moments of life, child of God, and he's led you through every single valley experience to come on through into everything that he's destined you to live in, in his goodness and in his promise. I want to encourage you today, in the face maybe of pressing circumstances, in the face of a very real crisis, in the face of a very real storm swirling around you. In hindsight, give thanks to every point where God has intervened in your life in the past and look presently in the face of the storm and let your confidence be in him. Let your confidence be in the fact that when you cry to him, he will answer you and he will deliver you from every fear and he will bring you on through 
to where he wants you to be beyond this stormy situation that you face today. Now, over the last past weeks, we've been looking at Matthew chapter 14, and that has set the scene for us in many ways. The disciples were caught in a violent storm at sea, and they were facing a very real crisis. They had used all of their skill, all of their strength, to try and get beyond what was opposing them. And yet, all of their skill and all of their strength was spent and they couldn't move beyond where they were. It wasn't because of disobedience. We looked at this last week. It wasn't because of disobedience that these disciples were facing the storm that they were in. It was actually because they'd been obedient. Jesus had said to them whilst they were on the shore, safely on the shore, he told them to go into the boat and go to the other side. The Bible actually tells us in Matthew chapter 14 that he made them. He constrained them to get into the boat. He forced them to go in this direction, to take these steps. He knew what he was doing when he was sending these boys across the sea. He wanted them to learn some lessons and to enroll in night school and to really see him as Lord and deliverer in the darkest moments of life. So they go out obediently into the middle ground of the sea and their obedience takes them as far as they can go. But they can go no further as they are opposed by this storm. They try with all of their strength to fulfill the word that Jesus had given them and yet they are powerless in the face of that storm. And it's a message to all of us, that our obedience to God can take us so far, but there are things that come in our lives to oppose us that we cannot get beyond. And obedience and sheer grit, endurance will not take you through. And the the strength of your own resolve won't get you beyond the crisis that tries to overpower you. It's in those moments that we need his intervention. And it's in those moments where Jesus comes as Lord and master of every circumstance, of every crisis, of every storm. And this is what these disciples were going to find out on this night when they faced this violent storm in the middle of the sea. All of their combined strength together. As a band of young men, 12 of them in all, could not contend with the violence of this storm that was opposing them, that they could not move beyond. And yet Jesus came. Jesus came to show them that he was Lord of it all. Now, over these last past weeks, we've, as we've looked at Matthew chapter 14, we've focused on three messages that have come from this stormy situation that the disciples faced on this night. To encourage us, to comfort us in the storms that often suddenly come from nowhere in our lives. The first message that we centered on as we looked at Matthew chapter 14 was this, how Jesus uses the storms of life as a means of transportation to us. And then secondly, last week, we saw how Jesus allows the storms of life to test us and take us to a new level of trust in him. 
After this event, the disciples' faith would be deepened. After this event, on that night where they faced this violent storm, their trust in Jesus as a result of him revealing himself as Lord of the storm would be so rich and so mature. Jesus uses, you see, every storm, every circumstance, every crisis to deepen our trust, to take us to a new level of trust in him. And then thirdly, the next message that we're going to look at from Matthew 14 today is how Jesus uses the storms of life as a means of great testimony for us. These disciples came face to face with a hopeless end. The storm had been allowed. And within this storm were all the ingredients to bring about a great testimony, a glorious testimony. Because into their hopelessness, into this moment where all hope and all strength had been spent, endless hope in the person of Jesus came walking on the waves. This was an extreme situation that these men were in. They had no power to overcome or to get through. Fear had taken hold of them. And now, added to the panic that they were in, trying to control the storm and get beyond it, beyond it, Jesus comes walking on the waves in the midst of all of the wind and all of the darkest moment of the night. Jesus comes walking towards them and they think it's a ghost. Their fears are heightened. And instead of seeing hope, their, their fears can't perceive that it's Jesus coming towards them to help them. So they cry out. They are really at the end of themselves. They are really panic-ridden and filled with fear. And yet Jesus does something wonderful. And this is Important for us to see. It's important for us to understand right here. He does something wonderful. When they are panicking, when they are fear stricken, when they have come completely to the end of themselves thinking that they're seeing a ghost now, he does something wonderful. He speaks to them. And when he speaks, he alleviates every fear. When he speaks his words to them, they understand that it's not a ghost. And their fears quickly go. And their faith is restored because he speaks in the storm. Listen to Matthew chapter 14 verse 26 to 27. It recounts this wonderful moment and I believe Jesus wants us to understand this in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of any crises that may come our way. Jesus wants us to understand how he comes to us in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of our trouble. Verse 26 and verse 27 says this, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, 
They were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, you see, immediately, Jesus won't allow fear to distort their understanding of him. Jesus will not allow their fears to to, uh, distract and divert their attention away from who he is. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Right in the middle of that disastrous situation, right in the middle of circumstances swirling all around them, a terrific storm all about them, where all hope had gone, where all strength and skill had been spent, Jesus' words cut through. Jesus' words of hope, Jesus' words of direction, Jesus' words of comfort and encouragement to get them beyond where they are, cut through into the darkest moment of the middle of the night. His words ring out clear to them. Hope in the storm, right in the most hopeless moment of life, endless hope comes to them and says this, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. I think we should let our minds think about those words for a moment. Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. All of the many voices that are surrounding us in this day and age, amidst all of the crises and all of the world pandemic, amidst all of the sudden changes and amidst all of the circumstances that seem so out of control, where many, many are left, are, many are left in a completely confused state, I think we should be still. And listen to these words of Jesus in the midst of the most terrific moment that these disciples were facing. In the midst of an uncertain future. Jesus comes and he says, be of good cheer. It is I do not fear. Listen to those words well, child of God, this morning. As you face the future. As you, as you look at your present and where it seems as if circumstance has the better of you. Listen to those words and let them ring in your heart. Let them comfort you. Let them assure you. And let them give you faith and trust and hope for a great future that God has planned and destined for your life. Be of good cheer. He says, it is I, do not be afraid. That was the very opposite to how these disciples were feeling. It was so, out of, it was so outside of what they were immersed in and caught up with. Be of good cheer is how Jesus greets them. You see, he's completely unaffected by the power of the storm because he's Lord of it. He's completely unaffected by all of the fear, all of the anxiety, all of the crushing power that that storm 
weighed down upon them. He's unaffected by it. And he comes walking on it and he says, be of good cheer. It's a command. He's commanding them to leave their fears. He's commanding them to leave their self-strength, their self-effort to get beyond the storm. They haven't got to fight it. It's greater than their, their ability to contend with it. The facts are bigger and far beyond their ability to deal with. And yet, in the, in the midst of all of those besetting odds, Jesus comes, almost ignoring what's happening around them, almost ignoring that it's the darkest moment, almost ignoring that they're the prey of a very powerful, aggressive force that's opposing them, ignoring it casually, confidently, walking as Lord on the storm, he says, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. That's the Lord that you serve. That's the one who's on your side. That's the one that never leaves you, that never forsakes you. He's the one before whom you come and, and, and shed your innermost thoughts. And pray your prayers. He's the one that we're encouraged to come before boldly. Come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. He's the one that grants our requests. He's the one that comes to our aid. He's the one that intervenes. When we are faithless, he is faithful. He never defaults on his promise. He's always there and he never leaves us. No, these, no, Jesus comes to these men unaffected by the storm, unmoved by what's happening around them. And he says, boys, come on, cheer up. Get happy. I'm here. I'm Lord. I've come to take control of what you can't control. I've come to bring order into this disorder. I've come to deliver you. From this, from this besetting, opposing power that seems so aggressive. You're going to get to the other side. Not because of your own resolve, your own strength, your own determination. You're going to get to the other side because I said on the shore that you're going over. You're going through and we are going to get to that other side. And I'm going to show you that my word of direction and instruction can never be opposed by anything because I've declared it. That would be the wonderful testimony that these men would take from this night, that his word would never fail. His word would never fall to the ground. It would never return to him void without accomplishing that for which he sent it. Testimonies are made from testing times. Testimonies are made from the many ingredients of circumstances that arise and crises that arise that we can't control. And God takes them all up to himself and he uses them to create a wonderful testimony that glorifies his name and lives on in our hearts. This was... A wonderful moment. It was a dark moment. It was a hopeless moment for these disciples. But suddenly, the darkest moment, the hopeless moment, turned into a glorious moment when Jesus 
comforted their hearts and said, be of good cheer. Take courage. It's I. I'm here in this storm. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to cower down anymore. I'm here. I'm taking control. I'm taking my place. What a joyful moment. And today, maybe we've listened to the voice of the circumstance that seems so aggressive. Maybe we've listened to the voice of that crisis that seems to have hold of us. Maybe we've listened to it for too long and we become fearful, we become anxious, we become confused. Jesus comes to you today and he reminds you of these very words that he spoke to these disciples when they were in the darkest moment of their lives. When he said to them, be of good cheer. Child of God, he says to you today, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be joyful in the midst of the storm. Be joyful and expectant and confident in the midst of the crisis. Because I, the Lord, am here. You don't have to be afraid. Do you know, I love being a part of this church, King's Church. And as I was preparing for this message, I just thought about the many testimonies of faith that I've heard and I've seen in this family that we have here at King's Church. And I remember I was thinking about one such testimony, a time when I visited the home of Sue and Hugh Jenkins. And I went there and, you know, I sat in their room in in their house in Griffiths Town, and Hugh began to tell me about a situation that had suddenly arisen in his life, a circumstance, a crisis, a health crisis that had suddenly risen in his life that he wanted me to join him in prayer for. And many of you know now the testimony, the great testimony that, that Hugh has from that moment when a crisis really came in his health. We sat down in this living room and Hugh began to tell me that he'd gone to the doctor and the doctor had diagnosed him as having prost prostate cancer. And initially Hugh just started to pray as he left the doctors, started to pray in tongues and started to confess God's word. And he believed that God was going to heal his body. And then one day on the way to work, the Holy Spirit said to him, Hugh, I want you to walk through the storm. God was not going to heal his body in the way that Hugh thought. He was going to have to walk through the storm. But suddenly, when he accepted that word from the Holy Spirit to walk through that personal storm, that crisis, Suddenly, the very peace of God that Paul talks about in Philippians 4, the passes understanding, started to guard Hugh's heart and mind. Peace was his portion. And even though that storm raged around him, when I sat in the living room with Hugh and Sue, I could see their demeanor. I could see their confidence in God that whilst they were in the middle of a, of a storm in, their, in, in Hugh's health and where everything seemed uncertain in the future, they were at complete peace in themselves. Well, Hugh's testimony is this, that 
He went on to have an operation which was completely successful. And on beyond that operation, he had tests and the tests all came back good. And he was healed and he was through that storm, that dark night. What happened when Hugh received that peace into his heart? What happened when the Holy Spirit assured Hugh that he would be with him, that he had to walk through the storm that he faced in his body. I'll tell you what happened. It was like what happened to these disciples when Jesus came walking on the waves in the face of a storm swirling all around them and said, be of good cheer. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And it was wonderful just to see how that man and his wife Sue walked through the storm and came through on into the other, other side of obtaining God's promises for their life. And today, Hugh has an incredible testimony of God's goodness, of God's grace, of God's provision, of how he came into that darkest moment of his life. But that testimony was formed in the crucible of a test that tested them to the limit. That testimony was formed in the crucible that demanded their faith in God and they placed it in him and God came through to fulfill his word to them. On beyond this moment where Jesus speaks to them, Peter does something incredible. He stands to the fore and he said, Jesus, if this is you, tell me to come out onto the water with you. Let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 29 says this. And Peter answered him, Jesus, and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, and he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. This is equally as amazing as what was happening on this night with Jesus walking on the waves and walking through the wind to calm this storm that the disciples were in. Jesus didn't say to Peter, no, you can't come here. This is reserved only for me. I'm the only one that can do this. And you have to admire my power. You have to admire my ability to walk on this storm. It's reserved only for me. No, Peter asks Jesus to walk on the waves. To have the same dominion that he had in the storm. And Jesus issues one word, come. And on that one word, Peter believes and steps out of the boat and starts to walk. But then suddenly, he looks around him at the waves. He takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. Let me read it to you. Matthew Chapter 14, verse 30 to 32, because there's a great message here and lesson for us again 
in our lives, from Peter's life. It says this, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. The moment that Peter took his eyes off Jesus, that is the moment when he started to sink. There's an incredible message in this for all of us. You know, Peter's the man that had the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus commended him when he had that revelation. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But heaven, that's where this revelation has come from. Heaven has revealed you, revealed to you this. Peter is the man that's commended for having revelation about Jesus being the son of God. But now he has to have a revelation of him being Lord of his life, having the power to reach and to save him in this moment where he's sinking, in this moment where he's taken his eyes off his Lord and put them on the winds around him that seem so strong and overpowering. And it's wonderful because Peter cries out, much like David cried out to the Lord. And he issues this prayer that's so short but so powerful. He says, Lord, save me. And immediately the Lord, Jesus, reached out, caught his arm, pulled him up and got him back into the boat. And suddenly when Jesus was in the boat with them, everything became still and order was restored. An incredible test in the lives of these disciples. A test that would result in an incredible testimony. They would never be the same after this night. In fact, verse 33 of Matthew chapter 14 tells us what happened next when Jesus got in the boat. It says, then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. What a meeting. What a worship service. Not in a building, not on dry land, but in the middle of the night, in the middle of the sea, where the storm had now been stilled, they're in the boat together and they are worshipping him, saying, truly you are the son of the living God. Do you know in Matthew 4, I'm going to close in just a few moments, but in Matthew 4, you can read about another storm that the disciples were in. On that occasion in Matthew, Matthew 4, Jesus was actually in the boat with them. And when the storm tried to oppose them on that occasion, Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat. The Bible says he had his head on the pillow. 
And he was resting in the storm. And they were fighting the storm. The waves were coming into the boat. The boat was starting to sink. And the disciples run down to Jesus. And they are terrified. And they are panicked. And the first words out of their heart is this. Don't you care, Jesus? We are perishing. That's fear speaking. Fear, again, had a grip on them. And they just couldn't understand why Jesus could be at rest. Why Jesus could be at complete peace in the midst of such chaotic circumstances and chaotic surrounds. Don't you care, Jesus? They actually said, don't you care, teacher? And Jesus gets up and he looks at the wind and into the face of the sea. And he says, peace. Be still. And suddenly there's a blanket of peace. The wind dies down. The sea is calm. And the disciples say this. You can read it in, Math, in Mark chapter 4. They, they say, what manner of man is this? They call him teacher. And then they, they, at the end of it, they can't work him out. Who is this man? But here... In this second storm, and I believe this was after that first storm that occurred in Mark chapter 4. In this second storm, they're not calling him teacher. Look at the language that they're using. Why? Because they've come so much further in their understanding, in their revelation of who Jesus is and was to them. They're not calling him teacher in this storm. They're calling him Lord. Peter says, Lord, bid me to come. Lord, save me. And then in the boat, when they're worshipping him, they're not saying, what manner of man is this? They are saying, truly, you are the son of the living God. That's the testimony that Jesus wants us to arrive at in every storm, in every circumstance, in every situation that perturbs our life, that impedes our progress, that tries to oppose us. He doesn't want us to refer to him as teacher. He doesn't want us to, to question what manner of man is this. He wants us to arrive at that wonderful revelation. Truly, you are the son of the living God, the Lord of the storm. Hallelujah. Now let me finish with this, and I know I've gone on a little this morning, but I have to, I have to finish in this way by saying this. I want us to understand how Peter's revelation and faith developed as a result of going through this situation and trusting Jesus amidst all of the storms of life. After Jesus had risen from the dead, Peter was a central figure in the early church. And in Acts chapter 12, because the church was advancing so powerfully and the apostles were preaching with great effect, in Acts chapter 12, you can read this. I encourage you to read this. Peter has been locked up in prison. You could call that a storm. 
You could call that a crisis. You could call that a circumstance that is completely out of bounds, out of his control, beyond his ability to come. Peter is in prison. Herod had, him, had imprisoned him. And James, the brother of John, had already been killed under Herod's orders. So Peter was next on the list. Peter was going to be killed in no uncertain terms. But Jesus, before he died, or after, sorry, Jesus, after he rose from the dead, had assured Peter that in his old age he would be led by another. And in Acts chapter 12, when he was in prison, he was still a young man. I wonder in this terrific moment in Peter's life, where he was facing circumstances that were far, far beyond him, where his life was hanging by a thread, it seemed. I wonder if he reminded himself of how the Lord brought them through the storm of how the Lord reached out his arm and saved him and lifted him into the boat again. I wonder if Peter reminded himself of how Jesus had said after he'd risen from the dead in his old age, he would be led by another. In, in Acts chapter 12, Peter is on the eve of his execution. And you know what? He's not pacing the cell worried, anxious, and fearful. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. And now God, through an angel, has to wake Peter up. In the boat, in Mark chapter 4, the disciples are waking Jesus up, but now the tables had turned and Peter is sleeping, resting in the most terrific moment of his life where all of the storms of circumstances are swirling around him and Peter is sleeping and God through his angel has to wake Peter up, instruct him to get dressed because he was free to go and God delivered him in the face of an incredible situation that there seemed no way through or no way out of. Peter, Peter now was walking in faith, in true dependence and trust. And he, he walked out of that, he walked out of that prison cell, a free man into everything that God had promised for his life and he achieved it. I wonder today, I wonder today, do you need to remind yourself again of those words that Jesus brought to his disciples? Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to the voice of circumstance any longer. Don't listen to all of the facts that seem to be pressing down on your mind and confusing you. It may seem like you're restricted in a prison like Peter, but sleep, rest in him because your deliverance will come and your storm will still. Amen. I trust today that you've been blessed by God's word. I trust today that 
your heart again has been strengthened in the face of the storms of life, in the face of any circumstance that might suddenly rise up against you, in the face of any crisis that might try to beset you. The Lord, Jesus, will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to pray right now. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to apply his word to our lives and to strengthen our faith in him. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for your people. I thank you for your word to us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that no storm can ever separate us from you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you use every circumstance, every crisis we go through, every eventuality of life, every testing point to bring about a great testimony within our lives that lives on beyond the testing moment that we go through to glorify your name. As we look back and in hindsight see how you've delivered us, strengthened us, brought us through Every time, Lord, I pray in the face of every circumstance within our future, we would hold strong to your word. We, our faith would be unshakable because you are the Lord of every storm. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you are our Lord. Amen. Church, have a wonderful week. Listen, why don't you ring somebody up this week? Somebody that the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Give God's word to them. If they don't know Jesus, why don't you make that inroad into their lives to, to encourage them and to lead them to Christ? Let's pray in this time of crisis, in this time where people seem at a hopeless place. Let's pray to be those beacons of hope, those beacons of light, those beacons of love that people need. Let's pray that God would use us as his ambassadors to reach those who are lost all around us. Have a wonderful week. We continue to pray. And uh, listen, uh, next Sunday we are here again. And uh, just watch uh, out on WhatsApp and watch out on the media. We're going to be meeting again at uh, 9.30 and 11, I believe. Listen, register ahead of time. We look forward to being together again. God bless you. Have a great week. God bless. Mm -hmm.